When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me uh, to, I don't know, lament the sadness, <laughs> uh, fellow contributor Akshaz Dovadula. Akshaz, um, you know, outside of the obvious, how, how are we doing? Doing great, Robert. Um, big elephant in the room, but <laughs> I'd like to think that given the fact that it was a uh, you know, outside a conference doesn't really mean that they lost the one seed. They already got the division. Right. Plus, I'm a more mature adult at this point in my life <laughs> that I can get over the Niners losing a football game. But well, sometimes that's not true. But this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was certainly a, a bummer of a way to, to end uh, what was an otherwise, as we were talking before we started recording, an otherwise pretty good Christmas uh, from my end. Um, I know you were traveling and it's kind of that has thrown you off, but it sounds like it was pretty good for you as well. So just, you know, just all in all, just like the, the big bummer on the end of what was generally otherwise a good day. But um, obviously, uh like one of the weirdest games I can remember uh, is the 49ers lose to the Baltimore Ravens 33 to 19 Monday night football on Christmas night. Um, your mileage may, may vary on whether or not that um, that is actually a, a score that is indicative of, of, of the game. Um, I think there's a case to be made that it is either too close or too um or 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 shines on the ravens a little bit more more nicely than it was i don't i don't really know um it was just kind of a weird game and the, and the fact that it ended uh the way that it did with yet another turnover that just seemed like really appropriate um obviously not uh not brock purdy's shining moment of of the season although i think I don't know. Um, I think we, I, I guess we can start here. He, he, obviously, he he threw four interceptions, was sacked twice. That was not a massive big deal. Um, had his probably his worst game as a pro. His quarterback rating was just forty two point six, and it didn't help on the other end that Lamar Jackson, after a kind of slow start to the game, I think arguably, um, just came out in the second half and just started just lighting things up. Um, but I, I don't know, like I. I, I just I don't like I know he made he made one really very obviously bad interception like the first interception on that second drive where they were just marching down the field and it looked like they were going to score. Um, that was a bad like bad read bad bad throw bad everything like the other three 
I don't know. Like it's, <laughs> the, 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 if I, I think that you could you could run the simulation on that second interception where the defensive back is is where the cornerback is is blitzing and jumps up in the air and then um, was it Kyle Hamilton? Yeah, Kyle Hamilton standing literally right behind Brock Purdy. Like, what are the odds that he's standing right there and that's where the ball bounces, kind of thing? Um, so I, you know, I I'm not like. I'm not saying the sky is falling as you as you kind of alluded to. There's a lot of if and we talked about this before, if they're, if they're going to lose one of these final three games, this was the one to lose because it doesn't impact their conference record, which is their main tiebreaker over both the Lions and the Eagles. They have the benefit of the head to head against the Eagles, too. But I don't know. I'm yeah. Brock Purdy didn't play particularly well, but I'm not like I'm, I'm not losing my mind over this one because I, I think there was some real fluky stuff that happened. And I think. Outside of those things, the Niners showed that they could move the ball on this team. They just had some inopportune things happen to them that kind of screwed the whole game up. Yeah, I think it goes both ways. I totally agree. Like, first interception to Hamilton, just, you know, late on the progression, fires a pass he shouldn't have. That's a killer. Second and third interceptions are just like, they're like 50-50 balls. Not even. Like, they're more like 20... 70-10, you're like, 20 as <laughs> it gets intercepted, 70, that hits the ground, and you're like, wow, good play. And then 10, you know, someone on the offense catches it, and you're like, whoa, what just happened? I mean, Kyle Hamilton makes a good break on the ball. I mean, Marlon Humphrey makes a good break on the ball. Gets Kittle for the third interception. And then the fourth one, hand gets hit, kind of pressured, moves around. Like, interception-wise, I don't think the game was as bad as he makes it out as it looks to be right play wise. I think Purdy definitely got, he got like, he got pushed quite a bit. I'd say, mm-hmm. I think the Ravens played phenomenally. And I mean, we were talking about this. They're an incredible team. They're really, really good all across the board. And this was not a completely unsurprising defensive performance on their end. And just how uncomfortable they made Brock Purdy look. And I think that was the biggest thing is, he just never settled down. That first interception, after that, he was just always a little off, a little, like, panicky. And, you know, it happens. They're a good team. He's a young quarterback. Sometimes you get looks you don't really expect. They schemed very well. And, you know, I think if these two teams meet in February, it's unlikely that the Ravens kind of do this exact same thing to Brock Purdy and the 49ers, I think. Part of that is just the random variance that comes when you bat passes in the air. Right. I think the 49ers will be better equipped for it. But definitely a, a weird game from the offense, especially since the running game seemed to be working pretty well. But, right. you know, it's just one of those, like, three to four plays. And I think, who was it that said this? I can't remember, but someone said this against the, no, it was Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll mm-hmm. said this about playing the 49ers. So like there's three to four games at the end of the day, you look at it and you're like, you just wish they went a certain way. And if they do, then you're right in this thing. And for the 49ers, that's kind of how it went, right? An interception here, a missed tackle there, an opportune flag here. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what was a close game, despite Purdy's play, just spiraled out of control. But Sometimes you lose a football game. I don't think either of us are particularly concerned about what this means for this team heading forward. It's just sometimes 
an opponent gets you on an off day, they're playing really well and you're just not, you're just not up to it. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. These are just, this is how things happen sometimes. The, the the weird thing. And I think the frustrating part is, is if you look at the just statistics like side by side and, and you just go like first downs, 23 to 21, you know, rushing yards, one, one Oh two to one twenty one, And the Niners did it on only 18 carries, you know, passing yards 49ers threw for a lot more yardage. Um, they, they were sacked more, but they had just total yards were, were up. And really the, the two bad categories were the turnovers and then the penalties. They had 10 for 102, which wasn't great. And I think there, that was probably a, a big point, like, especially in the middle of the, the second quarter that really just extended the game. But it's, it's just like, it just goes to show you like that, like, obviously this is going to be a really obvious statement, but like if you turn the ball over that many times, you're, you're probably not going to win, but it also gives you that if you want a glimmer of hope, like that this 49ers offense can hang with this defense, if they can protect the ball, they, it, it seems, and you were kind of alluding to this when we talked about the game in the preview, that this doesn't have any necessarily, just because they lost this game doesn't mean they couldn't, they couldn't beat them again at the Super Bowl if they, met, if they met in the Super Bowl. I think that's the kind of thing that you're looking at there, right? Is, is that this, there is, it's hard to get a glimmer of hope in a game you lost by two touchdowns, but I think there, there is one that I can look at that and go, okay, they could, they can play with this team. They just need to keep, better care of the ball and they'll probably be okay. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, again, all credit, like, I I think like the 49ers and you kind of mentioned like the score, does it like point to how the game went? Does it not? I think it does and doesn't, which is definitely yeah. a helpful <laughs> response. I think on one hand, you know, 14 points kind of with the trajectory, I think you could land there think the Ravens probably executed better than a 14-point advantage. I just think the 49ers, there's a lot in this game you look at and you go, all right, we can fix this. Like, we can get better at this. And I think that's the big thing. That's why neither of us are particularly concerned about this loss. It's because there wasn't anything particularly systematic that I was like, Oh, like this is just a problem. Problem. There's there's no solution to this because mm-hmm. we've seen like Brock Purdy play very very good against very good defenses. Now, the two best defenses he's faced this year, he's had bad games too. But you know, like that's not this like huge revelation that yeah, if your offense sucks, <laughs> good offenses easy. get beat by good defenses sometimes. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, like. During the three-game losing streak, I think we were a lot more concerned because you look at some of the games and you're like, wow, they're like, they just aren't playing good defense right now. Like, that's that's just what it is. Like, anything, like they're allowing anything to kind of happen down the field. Or it was that, you know, they're just unable to execute in critical moments. And we saw a little bit of that flare in in this game, but it wasn't to the extreme that I think that losing streak had. So. Right. I think this is one of those you look at it, you really look at it because you got to feel bad about it. You got to be like, dang, wow, we really messed up. Here's all the ways we messed up. Then you kind of put it to bed and you, you know, you prepare for Washington. Big game. All of them are must wins now because, yep. you know, you gave yourself that buffer. That's that's good on like the 49ers, right? You gave yourself that little leeway to be able to take a. Take a loss. You took the right one if there was a game to lose. 
<laughs> now you've got a bad Commanders team and then a Rams team they'll have a ton to play for, but we've historically played very well against. Yep. And, you know, we look back at this Ravens game and we're like, damn, that was not great, but who cares? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. This is this is a it's not a burn the tape situation because again, if you see them again in the Super Bowl, then you're gonna want to see that tape again. But I don't think there's anything you're not gonna gain anything out of the tape from this game necessarily, just because of how like one of one most of the elements of this Ravens team are. Like there's no Lamar Jackson on either of the football teams that you're gonna see. Uh, throughout the rest of the regular season, there's no Lamar Jackson on any of the NFC teams uh, that you're going to see in the playoffs. Um, there's no defense that's like this this Ravens duo um, who have probably the um, if there's a linebacking duo that is that can be in the same breath as as Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. It's Patrick Queen and um, sorry, I just completely blanked on it. <laughs> yeah, Roquan Smith. Um, that's probably like the, the that's the one too, right? The the two best linebacking duos in the NFL. So the only the only way the 49ers are going to see a another linebacking duo that's as good as that is if they manage to find themselves playing against their own defense, um, and they do that every every day in practice. So I I don't think you're going to learn anything other than just like. Hey, let's let's be more aware of this. Let's do this, and then if we have to revisit this tape, I think if they if they find themselves against the Ravens in the Super Bowl, they'll certainly revisit this game and say, Hey, here are the things that that went wrong, and it's not like lingering on them, but just kind of watching to make sure. Like, let's be aware of what they can do, uh, and let's go out and, and try to fix those things. But yeah, um, this trip to Washington is is more more important than it was. I mean, certainly if they had won this game, then and then they could have 100% wrapped up the the number one seed against the the commanders in uh, on Sunday, but that's not going to happen. They're going to have to wait till the last game of the season. It actually, they actually can win the, the number one overall seed on Sunday if they get a little bit of help. And it's not like the most crazy amount of help. Uh, the lions have to lose. They're playing the Cowboys. So that's perfectly in. And they're playing in Dallas. So I think that's a, a game that, that the lions could lose. It's the other matchup that seems the least likely to happen. And that's the Cardinals taking out, the uh the eagles um which seems very unlikely to happen but if both those things did happen and the 49ers won then they would wrap up the one seed on sunday after uh at the end of the day but again i don't think i don't think that's likely to happen um unless the cardinals are feeling a little bit frisky i don't know that that does seem like the the type of team that could come in and play a little spoiler so if you're if you're in a rooting interest against other teams um, then you can be a Cardinals fan on on Sunday uh, when they when they play the Eagles. So there you go. How about that? And uh, the in, we can continue the teams that you don't want to root for, but would have to in order to help the 49ers get that one seed wrapped up. You know, it's been a it's been a gauntlet of figuring out <laughs> who to root for every given week. But I mean, you're right, right? That's like that's the kind of the point that we're I think we're both getting at is that. Nothing has like magically vanished from this team because they lost to the Ravens. I mean, I predicted a loss, right? And you predicted you did. a close win. So, right, neither of us were like, oh, you know, these guys, like, there's no way they can win. I know there's some national discourse about that. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. I didn't see how the Niners were going to come in and, and, and run all over them, like, and blow them out like and, they had other teams. And, you know, we're not really doing the whole, like, 
one good, one bad, because when your offense like turns the ball over five times and I'm watching a football game with like four minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, excited because Sam Darnold's slinging the rock around. And <laughs> there's was. like a point there. He was. There's a 0.5% chance they, they come back into this thing. You know, there's not a lot of good to go around. But I will say, you know, both of us were like, what's going to happen with this run game defense, right? How are they going to like, are mm-hmm. they going to be able to take advantage of us? What are they going to be able to do? But honestly, Ravens 102 rushing yards. And a lot of that was Lamar Jackson. He had 45 yards on his own and those were scrambles. Otherwise the running backs, 57 yards on 19 carries. Mm-hmm. That's really good work from a 49ers defense that didn't have Eric Armstead. And, you know, they just signed Sebastian Joseph Day article coming out about that shortly. Little little teaser for all of our <laughs> listeners. Well, I actually might be out by the time you guys are listening. I don't know. Check mm. check the site. You'll hear more <laughs> about that. Uh, but, you know, that was a really good sign, I thought, is that the Ravens kind of had to attack the 49ers in a way they're not – they don't usually do. And they had, like – some level of success, some like struggles, and eventually like the defense like just got tired. It got overwhelmed. Yeah. And Jackson is a magician. I mean, he's um he's kind of reaching, in my opinion, he's reaching that part of his game where he now like is finally starting to realize when like a defense is giving him that chance to run and he should run, and when it's like he can run, but the coverages are starting to break down and like he's figuring out that balance. I think Nick Bosa said that Jackson took off a little more than they'd expected mm-hmm. him to like throughout the season. But that's what a good quarterback does is he adapts to what your defense is giving him. And like you said, he's one of one that entire Ravens operation. That's a one of one team, right? No other team has, simultaneously that type of offense that's so uniquely stressful with their quarterback along with a defense that I think Cleveland and Baltimore's defense and this is convenient because their only two defenses really had much success against the 49ers are the two defenses that are most capable of stopping the 49ers because they can get pressure with four or five and most importantly their secondary and linebackers on both teams and safeties are athletic enough to kind of like stay with all the 49ers receivers and they just remove all the windows. That's what they're able to do. So now Shanahan either has to completely scheme up stuff or now you just get into a good old regular fist fight essentially with your players and their players. And depending on how Purdy's playing, you can lose that more often than not. It's yeah. easier to kind of come away with a win against a defense when the margin of error is so high. But this was one of those you need to be perfect tonight games and Brock Purdy wasn't and that's okay. Right. Like I think we both have been pretty um, reasonable about the expectations on the second year quarterback. And like, he's not going to be this like prime, like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, just like, it doesn't matter what he's playing against. He's just like going to win. That's not, that's not who he is right now. He could be that. Who knows? He's, He's not even like done with his second year in the NFL, but Man. you know, it's, it's a difficult, difficult performance for him. But I thought the 49ers defense did one thing right. And that's good. We take yeah. positives when we can get them. 
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Yeah, and and again, it's it's hard to know because the turnovers created a little bit of a weird situation. Like they scored twice within the first what five minutes of the of the four, of the third quarter, partially because of short fields, um, and and it just you just never know what the defense was was going to be able to do in a sort of head to head matchup. They didn't really get to show very much of that, and I think they did they did really well against the run. And I, I thought for the most part. They when they were in when it was like normal drive circumstances, like, okay, we kick the ball off. We're starting from the 25 or there was a punt. We're starting from, you know, inside your own territory. I thought when they were put into those kind of normal situations, they they handled the handled things pretty well defensively. It's just they were put into so many situations where um, they they didn't. (laughs) They were not in those in those scenarios. The only the only turnover that turned out to be a positive thing kind of was the the fact that the first turnover led to the, the the safety which was probably like the most hilarious thing i've seen happen in a while um i don't i i, I still don't understand what lamar jackson thought he was going to do by just continuing to back up and back up and back up and and i, I thought he was going to go full jimmy garoppolo and just like step out of the back of the end zone um and then he tripped over a referee and that was a comedy of of errors and at that point i was thinking oh okay well maybe maybe everything's going to be okay like we're yeah, we turned the ball over, but we got the punt and and or we got the safety and everything will be okay. And it, it it wasn't. Although we did get to see some strange football scores for a little while, so that was kind of fun. Um, <laughs> to where it was like ten to five at one point and thirteen to twelve, so some some strange things that we don't see very often. Um, yeah, like you said, we're not we're not necessarily going to get into the you know things we liked and things we didn't like, but there are some if you want some sort of continue. We've we've been on like watching uh, some statistical category things that have been happening uh throughout the season uh brock purdy uh in this game in spite of his struggles uh becomes uh the first 49ers quarterback since jeff garcia to throw for over 4,000 yards he's at 4,050 yards as a certain um as as a as a real outside as it it, it almost seems certain that he's going to break the single season record i think let me see um think he might even be able to 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 break the record next next week against the commanders with a good game but i don't want to say that with um any certainty so i'm gonna do really good radio stuff here and 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 look it up i think the number is like 4200 and something right is that does that sound right to you uh i'm gonna do equally good (laughs) stuff and not know exactly um 4278 so yeah so i think he i think there's a i think he'll he'll definitely break the record next week um he's only got what whatever that number is 42 less than 100 we're we're gonna talk about it too but that commander's defense oh that team oh man this (laughs) yeah he needs 228 yards to break the to break the record on Sunday. So I think the thing, I think there's a pretty good chance it'll do that, which is always nice when you break a, a single season record in the 16 game period, because that means people can't throw a fit about, well, he had one more extra game. Um, 
So I think there's a pretty good chance that he'll, if he stays, um, stays within reasonably within within the expectations, he is he's averaging 270 yards per game. So if he gets to his average or higher, then he'll he'll break the record uh, in 100 in 16 games, which would be really good. Um, George Kittle needs nine more receiving yards to get to a thousand. Brandon Ayuk got over 1,200 yards. Um, you had a pretty good game on on both of those two. Had a pretty good game on Sunday, I will say. Um, my father-in-law was playing against somebody in, uh, in, in fantasy football playoffs and he had, and his opponent had George Kittle. So every time he caught the ball, he was like, no, I was like, I don't care. Um, <laughs> George Kittle is good. Uh, so he's 991, uh, Devo Samuel already over a thousand all purpose yards. He needs 166 more yards, uh, to get to a thousand receiving yards, which we've talked about just how cool that would be. Have three thousand yard receivers on the same team. Um, Christian McCaffrey are closing in on fourteen hundred rushing yards, and he's at twenty one total touchdowns, um, which puts him too shy from tying Jerry Rice's franchise record. He obviously is well over how many uh, games it took Rice to get to his twenty three touchdowns, which was twelve. McCaffrey at fifteen games, but twenty one certainly has a chance to to break that record or to tie that record against commanders. He could break it. Who knows? He's had games like that before. Um, but you know, if you want, if you want some silver lining, some things to look forward to. Um, and the, I think this, this offense, even though they got, you know, stymied a little bit on Sunday or, or quite a bit on, on Sunday, it's, it's still a good team. And I think I, I bring all that up to say, this is still a good football team that has a on, on both sides of the ball. Um, they didn't play their best game on Sunday against the Ravens, but, they have uh, they are in prime position to to continue to do the things that they need to do, and if they can win these next two game next two games, then they put themselves in a in a in the driver's seat to get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I've said this a couple of times, and I just think this is true. The more and more I watch these games, Brandon Ayuk is like insane. Like, <laughs> I, I I I love this guy. He's like. Somehow, on a team that has a trillion good like weapons, when the 49ers offense is like scuffling, scuffling, especially like the run game is finally getting keyed on, he's the answer. He's just the answer. It's you, you get Brandon the ball, and then boom, the offense suddenly gets some legs. And that's what we saw happen even against the Ravens. And it's like, wow. I mean, just think, think about it. Think about like the talent this offense has and Debo, Kittle. McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk was also talented. Like I don't say that to like demean him compared to those guys. It's like the guy. Like he's the go-to, get him the ball and get out of the way type of guy when you need a lift. I just I think every week it's the same story and every week it's the same answer and it's just it's super cool to see. Just for, like just for me that's like that's my favorite part of of the 49ers games is when it's like Oh look, they need seven yards. Wow, Ayuk's open for nine, and there's no one like <laughs> within a mile of him because he ran just like the most perfect route ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that was certainly obvious um, against the Ravens for sure. Um, and you know, he'll continue to be a, a much needed weapon um, in these final two games. I mean, you you mentioned we'll we'll get into the the Commanders uh, later in the week when we when we preview that game. Um, 
it'll be really interesting to see how that that one turns out. They did. Uh, Ron Rivera did announce this this morning that uh, Jacoby Brissett will be starting that game. So not a good <laughs> week to be an NFC East starting quarter, a young NFC East starting quarterback. Uh, Tyrod Taylor also got benched uh, or also been getting the starting nod for the Giants in favor of um, <laughs> who's the, another DeVito, um, the the kid who's been who's been playing for them. But he got benched at halftime against the Eagles. Uh, just kind of a weird thing. And then we were talking about this before. Um, it's it's just good to, to good to see. Um, yeah, we've talked about Brandon. Ayuk. He's he's just a fantastic player and I'm excited for him. Um, George Kittle um, also. He had a, another good game. So nine yards. I think he'll get to the, if he doesn't get to a thousand yards, something weird is, is going on. Um, and so you, you, you'll love to see it. Um, also of note, I don't, this is just, I'm just, as I'm kind of looking through these things, it's also good to see that Kittle has played every game this season, which is really nice. Um, he's, he's been kind of bit by the injury bug over the last couple of years where he's missed a game or two here or there. And it's been really nice to have him out there um, for sure as well. Um, and then, you know, it was also nice to see Ronnie Bell get a chance <laughs> late in the game as well um, with Juwan Jennings out with a concussion. Um, he got his second touchdown of the season, scored a touchdown against the Giants in week three. Um, man, that Ronnie Bell's a touchdown machine. He's got five catches. Two of them are for touchdowns this year. So you just give him the ball and he's, he's likely to score a touchdown, I think. Is, is that make Does that stand up logically? I'm not really sure. Well, all I'll <laughs> say is um, when Joe Buck was like, Ronnie Bell, the rookie's got the first touch. And I was like, no, he does not. Because I, on the dumbest whim, was like, hey, Ronnie Bell's playing. Let me put a bet on him scoring a touchdown against the Giants. <laughs> and <laughs> I might, I think I'll remember, remember that one. So I was there like, you go. But, I mean, you know, he's definitely, I think the luster has come off him a little bit only because the punt returns have been really bad. But that's like, that's clearly not what he's supposed to do. He's a good receiver for this team. It's just not a good punt returner. And that's yeah. on Shanahan and Snyder, the special teams coordinator, yeah, yeah. Yeah. before I'm putting him in that position. But, I mean, he's a good player. He earned his roster spot. He's the reason Danny Gray is just, like, not off injured reserve because mm-hmm. they were like, we can't. We don't want to. We're not gonna like promote you because you literally like you're not gonna play over anyone. So you got to earn the job next year. So yeah. glad for him to get some reps in for the big play. Yeah, they. Um, I believe the the Niners also waved uh Willie Sneed after the game. Um, he had one catch I think <laughs> on Sunday. Um, he's been on the practice squad through much of the season. They elevated him to the to the um the 53 man roster. I think this was the final time he could get elevated, so it was either they had to leave him there or or cut him and so they decided to cut him and you you mentioned um Sebastian Joseph Day. The guy's got two first names but both of the ones in the last name and then the last name is very confusing. Um who was released by the Chargers uh, a couple of weeks ago. I I, I think you, you mentioned that you you've got a, an article coming on about that, but I think that is going to be a good addition whether or not Eric Armstead plays for the rest of the regular season or not. Um, there's certainly, they certainly seem to be in the mind of, and I think we talked about this before. They're not putting him on IR at this point because there's only two regular season games left. And if they do that, then he could possibly miss the entirety of the playoffs. Um, even if they get the first round by, there's a chance that he could miss the the divisional round to, or the yeah the division round playoff. If they, 
that, that first playoff game. Um, so I don't think they're going to do that and risk him missing a longer st- period of time. So it's nice to see. I think as we, as you mentioned, the, 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 the run game, the run defense was, was pretty good. It was nice to have Javon Hargrave back in there. Um, but adding another depth piece to this, uh, the defensive tackle group that has been thinning over the last couple of weeks, I think is a, a really good move. I mean, he's a, I don't know what happened in Los Angeles. I don't understand what happened with the chargers. Nobody but does. <laughs> it seems like he was one of those. Um, you're like a Brandon Staley guy, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm speculating here, but that's how it felt like to me. It was like, all right, Staley's gone, so we got to remove some of the guys who are like his guys who we don't think fit anymore. And you know, he's a good player. Obviously, he was great for the Rams a couple of years ago, and I think you know more about what he'll do in the article, obviously, but. Just just a good addition. I think the 49ers have been hamstrung the last couple of years that they've um, been in the playoffs with just like key injuries that they haven't been able to properly adjust for. I think it was two years ago. No, it was last year. They couldn't elevate and activate Hassan Ridgeway back from injured reserve because they had used up all their spots or something. Mm-hmm. They were really regretting it. And who knows, Ridgeway was a really big help for their run defense. So it's good to have those um, those weapons on hand. Thanks for your contributions to the 2022 49ers, Curtis Robinson. That's, that's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no shade to, to Curtis Robinson, but that that was a weird move at the time, and I never understood it. But anyway, um, yeah, I think um, at this point, as we've been sort of alluding to, yeah, this breaks up the winning streak. They won, they won six in a row. But the big thing, and I think I heard Fred Warner say this after the game, the big thing is that you let this one be the only one, right? Like, there's only two more games left in the regular season. You can't let this start to become a pattern again because then you're in trouble. Like, you got the NFC West. That's great and everything. You can't be any lower than the third seed, and and, and, and that's great. But um I think, um, and, and I'll give credit to where I, where I heard this. I think Matt Mayoka said this on the 49ers Talk podcast after the the game. The because of 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 sort of where this team is physically and and that sort of thing. If if they don't get this first round by, the chances of them making the Super Bowl diminishes quite quite significantly because I think they're going to really benefit from that that week off. Like to be able to get a guy like Armstead back up and ready to go to get. You know, all these guys that have I mean, it's the NFL. Everybody's got bumps and bruises at this particular point. But you really got to think if this team's got to play two more regular season games and then one a wild card to division and it form seven more six more games through the regular season. You got to feel like not pretty not great about their chances of, of getting through that that run, um, especially where they are with all the injuries that are mounting up and everything, too. I mean, we've seen that. Like, I totally agree. We've seen that play out for this team already this year. It's just been like they lose steam, and that's like that's not necessarily like a crazy or even bad thing. Like, that's just reality. It's football. It's hard, and they play physical. And you know, the last like couple of years, I want to say the one seed from the NFC has been the like representative. Because the NFC can be hard. It can be really difficult. And, you know, the 49ers, I think, as like a weird superstitious fan thing, I'm kind of glad they lost because <laughs> I wasn't like – I know last year I was like every 
end of the podcast, I was like, you know, just like right the wave. This is like historic stuff, man. But I was also like, there's no way they just keep on winning this. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's, a, that's a ridiculous thing to potentially happen. So, you know, much more enjoy just like good team drops a couple games. No like crazy storylines. No like weird tempting fate stuff. You know, but. I agree. This is like this is a team that needs the one seed. I, every team needs the one seed, but you know, they get a chance and they'll probably like. I don't think anyone is worried about them facing any team in the NFC on like full health, right? Because right. they're they're that good. They're that good, and they've been that good, and they've shown that they can like play up to the, every NFC team, every contender. The question is, can they get to full health? And I would much rather they take a rest week then end up playing the Cowboys at Levi's and having to do who knows what, play a game against a divisional opponent for the third time again, because right. that's probably who the seventh seed is going to be. Then walk into, you know, Philly or Detroit, deal with that. Hmm. Then walk into the other guy, deal with that. I mean, that's a lot. And even if you get to the Super Bowl there, I mean. Yeah, you're, 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 just completely wet, gassed by that point. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you get those two weeks, two weeks in between the the championship game and the Super Bowl, but still, I mean, to have that extra week to to get the the get the the train back up as as healthy as it can be and get it rolling, I think is going to be really important. Um, the other thing that I want to say, um, and I'm going to blame you for this, Akshaz, but the scoreboard says they scored 19 points, but Akshaz, how many points did the offense score? <laughs> 17 once again every time that they have lost this season the offense has managed 17 points what how is that even like what are the odds of that that seems so fluky it's so funny um the defense gets the two for the safety but they scored 17 again and it's just really weird and i don't understand um how a team that is averaging um just a hair under 30 points per game 29.6 um has managed 17 points three times and lost every time. <laughs> um, it's just wild. I just think it's funny. Um, I just wanted to point that out because I said to you when you made your prediction, I was like, don't say 17. That's bad. And it was it was bad. It turned out. But um, <laughs> I just thought that was funny. And I didn't even realize it didn't even occur to me. And then I was I was looking at something. And it was like they scored 19 points. Like, nope. No, they didn't. They scored only 17. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, the yeah, no more 17. Sorry, Brandon Allen, you got to change your number because we don't. 17 is outlawed um, for the 49ers from here on out. Um, unless it's a number they're giving up in points. So there we go. All right, Akshaz, uh, this has been a little bit more meandering of an episode than normal. But I think given the circumstances um, and, and given the nature of the game, it was good to just kind of talk through it and just – that that realization that you know hey like the season's not over they didn't lose the season on sunday against the ravens it didn't you know it didn't help their chances of of getting the one seed that they so desperate and desperately need but it didn't ruin it or anything and i think if we've been having this conversation you know on october 30th after they had lost their third straight game to the Bengals, and somebody came to you and said it's going to be fine they're still going to be in the race for the for the one seed it's it's okay i think we all have been like oh Okay, I don't know that I believe you right now, but okay, like everything's cool, right? We're good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think in a little bit, it's probably good that they 
not, there's never it's never good that you lose a game, but I think they kind of needed this little like, hey, you know, something you can play bad football games. It's a good like reset. It makes them refocus. They remember basically how bad losing can be. And you're right. Like if you told me that the number one drag of this season would be that the AFC North went one and three against one three and <laughs> one against the 49ers. I would say, oh, okay, that's unfortunate. What else happened? Like, it it is what it is. It's um, you know, you never want to lose a game, and I certainly think it would have been much more fun if the 49ers had done what it seemed the entire national world thought they would do, put on a really dominant performance against Baltimore, and kind of be this runaway Super Bowl favorite. But you know, as well as they've played, no one in the NFL has been that consistent over the course of the full season. And that's what makes this season so interesting. And I think, like you said, they've got their whole world still in front of them. Nothing's lost. And it's time to gear up for what is essentially two weeks of the playoffs in order to earn yourself a break before you do three more of them. Yep. And and two games that they probably should, most definitely should win against a a bad commander's team, which we'll talk about later in the week, and then a uh, a team that they've they've played well against uh, over the last couple of seasons uh, in the Los Angeles Rams. So more on that to come. Um, but until then, uh, we want to say thanks again for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. As always, please continue to check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.